Welcome to NBNR, the authority on unfiltered opinions and authentic player insight for Nebraska athletics. Connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and at nbnrpodcast.com. We have a saying, no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Otter. He's a junkyard dog. Hey, Kenny Bell ran up to me. He's like, you know what you just, what you just did? <laughs> you get mad. You went to go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. Hey, <laughs> gone it, Muhammad. G-B-R. Go Big Red indeed. Live from the Nebraska Brewing Company Tap Room, 108th and Harrison in La Vista, Nebraska. Good to see you guys on this Championship Monday. Sorry, Connor. Hurtful. For those of you listening, uh, Connor with Nebraska Brewing Company, he's a regular on NBNR, but he is a Duke basketball fan. So, unfortunately, Coach K's last game has officially happened. Yes, and I woke up on Sunday morning with uh, arguably a top five hangover of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Were you attempting to drink away the pain? I or tried. What was the... I tried. It did not work. Uh, in fact, it only brought me more pain the next day. What I will say, I do have to give it to UNC. It was a good game. They did play well. I still hate any North Carolina fan that is listening to this, but good win. <laughs> and I'm sorry about your loss to Kansas. Wow. It is 6.25 on Monday. I know what I said. The game is still... <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know what I said. He, he's apparently a psychic, so yes. we'll see how that goes. Did but, you see the Duke? Okay. <laughs> yeah, anyway. But this is not a UNC or a Duke podcast. So, guys, I have some really exciting news for all of our listeners. We have officially started NBNR Media. That is a company that will advertise and market any business around here in the local Nebraska area. So if there's any businesses out here listening, we would love to advertise your brand. But exciting news is NBNR Media has officially picked up another podcast. Oh, really? So the podcast we have picked up is called WTL Podcast. Where's the line? It's a sports betting podcast. The guys, Andy and Jared, are very good at giving the new sports gambler some information on how betting works along with the experienced bettors, some advice on where to place their bets. We've helped make me some money. Yes. And Connor is an experienced better and has used them in the past. They have a TikTok page. They have a Twitter page. So they are officially under the NBNR Media umbrella. And we hope that this is a nice, long-lasting relationship. And we hope we can get some more podcasts underneath the NBNR Media umbrella as well. The spring game is this Saturday. You guys going? Absolutely. Tailgate? Absolutely. <laughs> Where? Mm, you know, are you revealing maybe that? not so absolutely. Undisclosed location? <laughs> yeah, undisclosed location. We will be tailgating though. If you do see us, just say hi. Uh, we don't really have a huge tailgate coming. Well, actually, I lied. It'll be a pretty big tailgate. <laughs> humble, <laughs> be, humble brain. There'll probably to be, be like head. thirty or forty people at our tailgate, so it's it's pretty decent. Well, Mike has tons of friends. Yeah. Well, Everybody loves it. When you can buy <laughs> 10 tickets at a time for the spring game, I tend to fill those, and I'm friends with three ticket holders, so we have at least 30 people coming. Not to mention any friends and family and listeners that want to come by. But, yeah, and we'll probably have some Nebraska Brewing Company beer there, so it's, uh, it's pretty great. I mean, excited. Is, is there anything that fans are going to see, like, when they're driving towards the stadium? Are they going to see any, like... Landmark that will give away your 
location, Mike, or no? Mike shirtless with an NBNR banner. <laughs> big ass head standing out in the parking lot. <laughs> big old dome. No, uh, we'll probably have our No Block No Rock banner hanging with the okay. uh, OG logo on it. Uh, we're working on getting another one made. Yeah, but yeah. If you do yeah. see us out there, swing by, say hi. We might give you a beer if we're feeling nice. Yeah. So after the tailgate, there's going to be a game. You know, there it's going to be a kind of a real game, kind of a not real game. You know how spring games are. I'm I'm very curious to know how many fans show up. I feel like the spring the spring game is just it's not as like hype worthy anymore. Like I feel like the spring game has kind of run its course now, especially it, with like the first half last year, you know, there wasn't any tackling. And I just feel like it's it's just the scrimmage that thud tackling. Yeah. Do you think that with the anticipation with this new coaching staff, though, that it might draw a larger crowd than we're expecting? Yeah. I, there's, there's been a lot of change. So I, I think yeah. Husker fans are excited. I think they're saying probably close to 60,000. I don't think it'll be a sellout like Scott Frost's first year. But it's funny that you bring that up about like spring game doesn't mean as much. Mm. My dad just said that to me today. He's Did like, he? he's like, yeah, I was hearing on the radio, like nobody really cares about the spring game anymore. And I'm like sitting in my, I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, what do you mean? It's still the spring game. There's still going to be more fans here than there will be at any other school. And the weather's going to be nice. The sun will be out. And it's the only chance we have for football Mm -hmm. until August. So why the hell wouldn't you go? Isn't it funny that the standard in Nebraska is nobody cares and we still beat every other school in the country? It's right. just a really weird perspective. 60K will just yeah, roll out of bed and show up. That's nobody yeah. caring. It's like, I'm going to get right. there at 5 a.m. and start slamming beers before <laughs> yeah. the game. And I just, I don't care at all, right? <laughs> of You're course right. I do. Like, yeah. I, I want to see the practice. I want to see how Casey Thompson looks. I want to see how Anthony Grant looks. I want to see the new coaching staff. But you got to remember, it is a practice. So everybody who is attending or watching it on BTN, it is still a practice. So don't overthink things right. don't think because some guy has four catches for three touchdowns like that's a big deal because it's not it's all schemed they know what plays the everybody's running so don't overthink things but it is good to see those glimpses of talent that's for sure so you know we just said it's a it's a practice so don't get too excited and you just named a couple names there um anthony grant in particular is a guy that I am personally looking forward to seeing. The running back room, I think I would venture to say, is one of the strengths of this team in terms of depth, especially. I don't know about top-end talent, but I know that there's probably four backs that you can probably rely on if, if a guy goes down. Hopefully. And part of that is the offensive line discussion, but I'm not going to talk about that this week. I've already said my piece on it. No matter how good Anthony Grant is, personally, individually, he still has an offensive line in front of him that will need to do their jobs. But so did you guys want to go into Anthony Grant a little bit more, any of you, or like any other names that you're looking forward to, particular philosophies being displayed on Saturday? What's up? What you guys thinking? I think the easy one for me, and it's because I am the basic bitch, Casey Thompson. I'm just very excited. Lowest I, common denominator. I know. I know that's me. <laughs> but it is, again, seeing him coming out of the Big 12. I believe he was Big 12 passing leader last year. Um, I'm interested to see how that fits into what we're going to be doing with him this year because obviously he's not totally dissimilar to Taylor Martinez or Adrian Martinez. Sorry, Adrian. Oh, here we go. Yeah, oh, sorry, no. Adrian. 
not totally dissimilar, but I'm just excited to see how he kind of fits and uh, how he can work with his receivers, his O-line and everything like that. It's just, it's an exciting thing to see. I don't think it's a basic bitch thing to say, Casey Thompson, the excitement, because we are ending an era of another Martinez. That's true. And although it's been the ups and the downs and mostly downs, it, it's, it's, <laughs> that's God, that's fair, but it's, it, sad. It, it's sad, but it's, it's true. I mean, and the wins just true. weren't there. I mean, we're 15 and 29 under Scott Frost. To, to be fair though, I, we can't place that blame totally on Adrian. No, not, like, and we, yeah. and we've said that numerous times on here. We're not yeah. going to blame Adrian. We'll, we'll never bash the kid. He, I mean, he was our best option, but it's a, it's a relationship that needed to end on both sides. Hopefully he does well at Kansas state, but it's, it's time for the Casey Thompson show. And like I said, I don't think you're being a basic bitch being excited to see what he's got because the guy, he says all the right things. He looks the part. Now let's go see if he can do it for our team, I guess. Yeah. And on Kate, while we're on Casey Thompson, Scott Frost today in his press conference, and we were kind of talking about this earlier. He's like, oh, you know, we're, we're still a ways away from naming QB1. It's like, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> that's such a lie. We all know. Mark Whipple knows it. He's come out and said he's Dude. QB one. Like, mm. give me a break. Pat everyone. Fitzgerald knows it. Yeah, everyone knows. <laughs> come on, Ireland man. knows. Yeah, yeah. They already got their Casey Thompson jerseys, number eleven. <laughs> they're they're already ready for it. All the Ireland people are strapped and ready to roll. Yeah, but for me, the spring game. What I'm most looking for is people have said like, don't put too much expecting a bunch out of this offensive line, especially, um, you know, under Riola and like, you know, it's a first year for him. But to me, I do. I want to see like a big change in the offensive line. I want to see a totally different philosophy than what they've been running because on all accounts, in all the interviews, Scott Frost has said the philosophy was not there. I did not agree with it. He didn't like it. And so I do want to see something completely different out of the offensive line. What was the phrase we discussed last week? Firing off the ball? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, yeah. Like really getting explosive out that line, I think is going to be big instead of sitting back and kind of catching things. And just yeah. absorbing it, right? Yeah. yeah. I think uh, hopefully we can see some of that, but you got to remember, we have two of our potential starters out on the offensive line, and we'll see. Because the defensive line, like we've talked about as well, we are undersized of the defensive line. We don't have a lot of experience on that side of the ball. So if the offensive line looks really good, does that mean the defensive line looks really bad? Right. It's really tough when you're trying to gauge a spring game because if the offense looks really good, that means our defense looks like shit. And if the defense looks really good, and that means the offense looks like shit. So right. if you see some good competition on both sides of the ball, that's all you want to see when you go and watch a spring game. Yep. I just hope both sides have fun. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope there's some they, jawing. Like, they, oh, hey. Well, speaking of jawing, apparently uh, new coach Riola was getting into it with yeah. defensive coaches during a – there was a fight that broke out during a practice. Good. Awesome. And he's jawing. At, I don't know who the coaches were that he was jawing at, but he was getting into it. I'll tell you, if you're not angry, you don't care. He's, I mean, look, he's a Riola, right? No one's ever going to doubt his – tenacity and it's craziness right you know or passion or you know <laughs> mental stability maybe <laughs> <laughs> which is fine hey, if if he can get those guys up front to be uh not head cases i'm i don't want a bunch of richie incognitos or anything like that come on the pot if you want to richie i would um, always welcome <laughs> always would love it but if hey if i can get five richie incognito-esque guys head cases light 
I'm no? good with it. Yeah, I'm good yeah. with it. Um, so a thing that was just announced a few days ago. O'Shawn Mathis, possible transfer from TCU, defensive line. People are excited about this. And as we have stated on NBNR, the defensive line is an issue that if they don't get it shored up with either someone on the current roster just astronomically exceeding expectations or bringing in a transfer, it's probably going to, in the Big Ten, is going to be exposed. And take so, a huge step back. Yeah, and compared to last year especially. Yeah. So he's going to be coming into the spring game. A lot of people are speculating, what's it going to take? What's it going to take? Guys, what's it going to take for him to wear the scarlet and cream? Oh, my gosh. Do we really need to even say that? Do we know what it's going to take? Is it all just money? Yes. yes. This yes, is what it's absolutely. all about. It's all about NIL. College and, sports is dead. And here's my thing. We got Brian Applewhite here, and he was a coach at, on the TCU staff. Yeah. And we got Casey Thompson here, who was also in the Big 12. And Casey Thompson already talked with on the on the other podcast about <laughs> the other podcast, yeah, the man. other unnamed podcast. <laughs> those those, those famous guys, right? Guys. No, he, he talked on buzzing with uh, with Will and 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 said, yeah. you know, he's talking about the NIL money and how he's already making fat stacks here in Nebraska. So I would imagine that Casey Thompson is going to host him or at least spend some time with him and. Yeah. Our defense could definitely use a natural pass rusher. Can you guys name the last pass rusher at Nebraska? You already know. Come yeah, on. It's very easy. Come on. Let's do it. What do you guys want to do? One, two, two three. three. Randy, Randy Gregory. Gregory. Oh, nobody said Garrett Nelson. <laughs> I said me. <laughs> Doing me. a little curveball. <laughs> so it's all about money, huh? Six figures. Yes. But he's got other suitors, man. He's got other suitors out there. But. Nebraska is the most valuable brand out there. I mean, we have rich people that want to support this program. You're not wrong. And, and like I said, or like you said, you know, is it all about the money? I think yes. in today's era, yeah, it is. And you know what, guys? I'm sorry to say, with Nebraska football being in the state that it's in right now, where a lot of players might transfer to somewhere big like Bama because, hey, at least I got a ring. Woo, who cares? You're probably not going to get that in Nebraska. But you're going to get them fat stacks. But you're going to probably get a car and whatever yeah. the hell else and, you're going to get. And how many of these players are going to go pro, <laughs> going to go into these top-end franchises in the NFL? Maybe O'Shawn Mathis. Well, Ma see, well maybe a few. We'll uh, so that's, that's, the point is Make your money small, while you can. And right? you're, like, even as you know a, a three-star, four-star, you're still going to get paid here. Like, well, Why would you not consider Nebraska? And that's kind of where I was going to lead into that, too, is like, is it all about the money? Well, we have four dudes that could very well be drafted this year. So it's like from years ago, not so long ago, uh, where we weren't seeing hardly anybody getting drafted from Nebraska, that's starting to kind of pick back up again. We're starting to get some product out there and, and getting picked up by Dude. these NFL teams. And so it's not out of the realm that O'Shawn is looking at this place and he's like, you I'm about to make a shitload of money and I'm about to probably start and it's going to get me in a good position to get to the next level. Nebraska has the potential of getting – Five guys drafted. That's great. And like, if that was any other team, you're looking at at least eight wins. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it makes you think like, uh, where what's what's going on here? What's wrong? Why aren't we winning more games with these many draft picks? Well, and it, but, it's funny that you say that because I feel like on the Riley staff, 
you know, we underperformed. Still one more game, so we underperformed uh, on the Riley staff. We got a top 10 and ranking, though. we broke that draft streak of whatever, how many years it was, 50 years or whatever it was, right? Hmm. But I feel like scouts were like, they were like scared off by Nebraska players. And right now, despite our record of 3-9 and nine last season, we are going to potentially have the most guys drafted since the Bo Pelini era. And that's great. And that's got to be a sell to Oshan Mathis, don't mm-hmm. you think? Mm-hmm. Has to be. Because like you said, long-term money, that's where it's at. So coming to Nebraska, go to the NFL. Um, maybe hopefully win six games, go to a bowl, and make a lot of money. So uh, you bring up a good point about, you know, with the talent we've got, you, you would normally expect at least eight wins. Is it too early to give predictions on win count here? We are not yeah. doing that. Oh, and, uh, you coward. Yeah, because we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we got to know. You got to know about yeah. Fedoni. No, that's we not don't why. know the status yet. That's not why. We don't know who our starting quarterback is yet. <laughs> <laughs> so we can't make predictions. Casey, come on the podcast and settle this. No, no. I here's my thing. There's going to be a, a lot, of, and we'll just talk about this now. There's going to be a lot of shakeup on the roster for sure after Saturday. You're going to see guys that you don't want to leave. They're going to be leaving the program, and that's just today's age of college football. Is yeah. the transfer portal? It's running wild. People think that the gr- the grass is always greener, and usually it's not. But I think before we know who we're going to get and who's going to leave, we can't do any predictions. And plus, huh. you guys want to hear our stuff you know, the week before the first game. So we got to save that for that. Yeah, right? We need content That's later. Fair. Yeah. Um, so speaking of the portal running wild, two guys that have come to Nebraska, because we like the portal when guys come. Um, I'm going to throw it over to Kyle. So you wanted to talk about Trey Palmer and Tommy Hill. So I'm going to throw it over to you. What you got on these guys? Yeah, so Trey Palmer today gets out there and sounded very confident. Some might call it cocky. Oh, cocky. Is, is <laughs> Arrogant. Like, I've never, like, cocky is an understatement on the way Trey Palmer was talking. Yeah. So I'm kind of excited about it because we heard Scott Frost say, yeah, there was at one point uh, he came, comes into the huddle like during two-minute drill one day and he's like, yo, just throw me a deep ball and this is all this will all be over. <laughs> and so Scott's like, so two plays well, later, we throw him a deep ball and guess what? It, it was, was over. over. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that stuff is exciting, right? And so you pair someone like Trey Palmer with a decent running game, which we've heard a lot of good things about Anthony Grant so far. And then Yant, he's looking Yant. good. Herschel Walker. Grant, Yant. Yeah. So um, you pair that with, with these with these guys and hopefully a, an emphasis on the running game, and it could get interesting. So, yeah. And when you're watching those press conferences, and if you guys watch that with <laughs> – I mean, he was just – I'm just watching it and I'm like, dude, you better perform <laughs> ignorant as fuck. Dude, yeah. I better see a lot of digits by re- the reception number, a lot of digits by the receiving touchdown number. I've got a like double digit touchdowns. But okay. you gotta remember, <laughs> Trey Palmer was a five star kid coming out. He goes to a loaded LSU roster and really hasn't had an opportunity yet, right? So mm-hmm. this kid is hungry. Yeah. And he looks at this roster and he's like, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. I'm better than you. I got my boy Mickey. We set. Well, right. Yeah. And I, of course, if you're playing football and this, I guess this would kind of go back to Xavier best discussion. Um, if you're playing the game of football, you can't just be like, all right, I'm here. I'm going to run this wheel route and, uh, you know, I might catch it or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you need that desire you know? to make everyone that crosses you hate playing football. You have yeah. to love it so much you want to make them hate it. Yes. Right. And it sounds like he is 100% in. 
letter N, right? He's, he's N. He's, you know, trying to pick up his teammates. He's trying to talk trash. Yeah, and that is, that is something that he did say too. He's like, look, I don't lead by being vocal, which contrary <laughs> to the press release today, the press conference, <laughs> but he's like, I don't lead by being vocal. He's like, I lead by just doing it. I'm going to get out there and I'm going to make plays. And then if anybody has questions, they can come holler at me like, look, I'm going to help you out. You help me out. I'll pick some stuff up off of you. You pick some stuff off yeah. of me and we'll, we'll succeed that way. He talked about the brotherhood of the receiver room right now and, and, and Mickey leading that. And it's all just very exciting. Obviously it's, it's all talk at this point. And it's so. all Kool-Aid. So yeah, well, yeah. relax. Well, yeah. And I think the main point that we were just trying to talk about with with Trey is that, you know, he is a cocky dude, but how many players would, you know, on one hand say, just throw the ball up to me and it's over. Yeah. And then you combine that with, I'm going to pick some stuff off stuff some stuff off you, you pick some stuff off me, pick each other up. Like it's just it was very uh nuanced and kind of I don't want to say impressive because that's kind of insulting to someone's intelligence. Oh, they spoke well and they use cool words. But it just seemed like this kid has perspective, even though he is kind of cocky. But he played in, at an SEC big-time program. I mean, you're you're coming off you, – he played for a program that, that was coming off a national title, and the standards are already set. They have expectations. They have goals. And guess what? His expectations and goals at Nebraska are way win. lower. Yeah. They are way lower than at LSU. Just win. So yeah. I think, yeah, you can walk in with a little bit of swagger because he's at a whole new place. He is still what he thinks is, is that five-star kid from Louisiana that wants yeah. to come out and ball out and show that LSU fucked up, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he also talked about, like, somebody asked him about being, like, a, a punt returner, a kick returner. And he's like, look, I was built for high pressure situations. And that's, you have to be built for that if you're back there returning these kicks. Mm -hmm. He's like, so that is like where I'm comfortable is back there returning kicks. And he's like, that's where I love to be. So I would imagine you'll probably see, you'll see him returning kicks. Bill Bush, that's, he loves him just as much as his family. So, and God, I could go on with this shit for hours, but like someone asked Trey about uh, Mark Whipple and Trey literally goes, he's like that man knows what he's doing and so he's like that's all i'm gonna say about that and of course a reporter was like come on what do you want to elaborate on that and he's like look you can just tell coach whipple has been in the game for so long he has an answer for every single situation that the defense is going to throw at you and it's quick and in a hurry Hmm. and i just think and it's something that we've been preaching on preaching on preaching on and it's just hearing these things about mark whipple is I mean, it just kind of solidifies what we've been talking about since he got hired. CEO Scott Frost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Whipple, a dude that gives off the air of, you know, if you question me, I'm going to first call you an idiot, but then I'm going to answer whatever you're questioning me on. He seems like that kind of dude. So Tommy Hill, that's another dude that you wanted to talk about. Scott Frost, during his little presser today on Monday, he had a little deal with him, right? If he picks off two passes or whatever, he gets to change his number or whatever it is. I just want to know what quarterback was throwing two picks. Like when I when I read ah. stuff like that, you got to look at both sides because you remember True. that's fair. It, so yeah. who, which quarterback is slinging two balls at Tommy Hill? That's what I want to know. Was it Casey? Casey better not be throwing two balls at Tommy. That's Hill. why we're not naming a starter yet. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but did you want to add some more things about Tommy? Or? So Tommy just made an interesting comment about Anthony Grant today. It was just like, look. Anthony Grant will find a crease that isn't even developed yet in the line. And then he's like, I've been chasing that dude 
all spring. He's just running past everybody. Hmm. He's fast. He makes quick decisions at the line. And he just gets through little places that you would never expect him to get through. What does that say about the defensive line? I don't ah! know. I don't know. What I know that, what it says for me. Ah! What does that say about you know our backfield? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe that means the O-line is doing their, their job. Right. Who knows? I'm just, I'm just saying. Don't read into it. Nobody right. has seen a millisecond of any practice ever yet. I'm going to so, read into this right now. Don't do it. Read. I would say from those comments, that sounds a little reminiscent of a guy who did play at Nebraska not too long ago. His name was Amir Abdullah. Oh my God! You're gonna do I, this? Oh, dude! You're gonna do this? Give me that next picture of Kool Aid. <laughs> no! Get, get the hell out of here! <laughs> I think it's a good time to take a break, <laughs> reassess. Yeah, hand me that next picture. <laughs> yeah, let's instead of pictures, let's go get ourselves some refreshments here at Nebraska Brewing Company. A word from our sponsor, Nebraska Brewing Company. Connor is looking at me with some beer that's. What is that? It looks, it looks like Taco Vesa almost. No, I'm drinking the Ale Storm. Ale Storm. It is our blonde ale we make in partnership with the Omaha Storm Chasers. They are the AAA affiliate for the Kansas City Royals. Let's go Royals. Let's go Royals. Uh, it's a very nice, easy drinking summer beer. We do mm-hmm. call it, it's the baseball beer. There's baseballs on the logo. It is built for the ballpark. So it did just get released actually today. Please stop in and tap and get a, get a sample of it while you can get it. And mm-hmm. we do have some really cool announcements coming out, probably an exclusive on the next NBNR episode. So you have to stay listening. Not we, right now. Though. We get a drop hot shit on NBNR. <laughs> now I'm drinking the permanent record IPA. Permanent record. And whenever I describe it, I just, my go-to for IPAs is that it's actually refreshing and it's crisp. What more can you tell the listeners about the permanent record IPA? So the permanent record is a juicy IPA. It's one of those ones that, you know, a lot of people always want to talk about the hazy IPAs and everything like that. This has all of those same characteristics, very fruity, very juicy, uh, and not quite as bitter as a lot of people are expecting from an IPA while still having that great flavor of a hazy while being a little bit more crisp because we filtered a lot of that extra stuff out. Yeah. And like a lot of people, they approach IPAs. Like Mike over here, whenever I get an IPA, he's like, I don't like drinking pine cones. I don't drink grass, actually. I don't drink grass. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, you should give this a shot because I think it's pretty good. It's very approachable for the people who aren't super into IPAs. And what was the other libation that you wanted to point out? The Shake and Bake. The Shake and Bake. Shake and Bake is Based finally... off of what? What is that name? Oh, What's I that think name we all know. Uh, and I think <laughs> Warner Brothers is listening, waiting for me to say it, and I will not. <laughs> Good boy. <laughs> but if you're not first, you're last. And uh, the Shake and Bake is a milkshake IPA. It is made with lactose, car car oranges. And it's another really approachable IPA. Again, like Mike said, he doesn't want to drink grass. It's fairly fruity. Uh, it's fairly fruit forward. Very easy to approach. It, it is about 7%. It is exactly 6.9. Nice. 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 But it, it is another one of those ones that, you know, it'll, it'll sneak up on you because it's very easy to drink a few of them. So would you call that like the training bra of IPA? So like if, if I were to drink a shake and bake, would that like be like the training bra for me to get into IPAs and get my full blown ponytail? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if I if I had to use some term like that, yeah, that the training bra would be the accurate. Perfect. Term. All right. So. Next episode, Michael will be trying the Training Bra IPA, <laughs> also known as Shake and Bake. Beautiful. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, so guys, our listeners out there, or non-listeners, whatever, everybody, come in here. If you're listening to this, 
Go to the Nebraska Brewing Company Tap Room, 108th and Harrison. Get those beers, the Shake and Bake, the Permanent Record, and the Ale Storm, all available on tap in the tap room. And like they say, world class in every, every glass. glass. Okay, um, let's get to another kind of uh, talking point article that came out on The Athletic from Andy Staples. This has kind of been making little ripples in the tide here, most notably because of his absence of a certain school and his blue blood list. So guys, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to name off the list of schools and I want you to state your (laughs) either approval or discontent. Deal. Okay. We going with yes or no here? We're going to go with yes. And if it's one that I really don't like, it's probably going to be fuck no, but we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And there are a few that will get that reaction. Oh gosh. So number one, Alabama. Yes. Yes. Obviously. I mean, the greatest. Nick Saban's the fucking goat. The greatest football program of all time. It is what it is. (laughs) Auburn. No. 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 They're not, they're not even what's called a new blood. Like they're not even that. Auburn is consistently on the upper end of good, but never on the lower tier. They're they're literally Nebraska with Bo Pelini every year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Upper it. tier good, besides, never on the lower tier of great. Besides Cam Newton. Yeah, yeah. And that was how many years ago? Magic in a bottle. Woo. Poof. Like they're consist. They're eight and four every year. I wouldn't be mad as an Auburn fan, but I'm not. Gonna <laughs> they're sit here literally and shout Iowa from the rooftops. Yeah. Shoot, oh, like Iowa wishes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, Mike, come on. Sorry. So if I'm thinking, if I'm Andy Staples, the the reason why I have Auburn there is because of their fan base. Clickbait. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Auburn, why? Okay. I just don't see it. I, I think tradition-wise, like they have a lot of cool traditions and stuff at Auburn. Yeah, War Eagle. War Eagle. Absolutely. Yeah, it's War freaking Eagle's sure. Eagle. Yeah, I totally agree with that. But Blue Blood Program, get the fuck out of here. No. I once had a 15-year-old Bama fan try and punch me in the face for saying War Eagle to them. It was a woman. And guess what? <laughs> it was a 15-year-old girl. And that's why Alabama is a fucking blue blood. Because a 15-year-old will jack your shit up. Those motherfuckers care. <laughs> <laughs> there is pure hatred in their heart for Auburn. Kids are like, fuck you. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. And so, so on Winsipedia, which is a, a site that I like to use all the time. A lot. I use that a lot. That and cultural ball reference. But... Out of all the titles that like people claim, right? Auburn only has two, and Iowa claims five. So like that is saying a lot. You know what I mean? And Iowa has actually yeah. zero. So and they yeah. have, <laughs> you know, t- twelve conference championships, twelve. Which look, I, I don't think that's like horrible, but that's not blue blood level. No. Blue blood. You know, they're thirteenth and wins all time. That's fine. Yeah. It's not top ten. It's not whatever. bad though. Three Heisman winners, which is just as much as Nebraska has. Cool, you know that's that's fine. Can can you compare Nebraska and Auburn? Like historically, no. Like it, it, no. it's not even close. No, I I would not put Auburn anywhere near. Well, no. I mean, like look at conference championships. I think we had more in twelve years than they have in their Shoot. entire history. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, come on now. Um. So next one is Georgia. Georgia, would, blue blood. I think I would, that's a new blood. New blood, I would agree. New yeah. blood. Exa- yeah. That's what I would say, too. It's a new blood. Yeah, so Georgia, Winsipedia again. Three championships claimed. Three. Again, not horrible. Not blue blood level. No. Get the hell out of here. 11th and wins all time. 
had two Heisman winners. Not terrible, but not blue blood level. LSU. No. No. Not even... I think I LSU wanna... was set up to become a new blood. And what we've seen, I mean, obviously with Coach O, we, there was a tremendous success with the Burrow team, obviously. I mean, yes. Arguably the greatest team of all time. I know this is a Nebraska podcast. I'm going to get a lot of hate for that. Please No, you're off. not. A lot of people are going to yeah. agree with that. Yeah, they I, love Joe but, Burrow, damn it. Yeah, who doesn't? He's Did got Nebraska know? blood. I, Did I think... you know that Scott Frost said no to Joe Burrow? Holy shit, oh, I had no God. idea. News um, to me. But anyway, sorry, go uh, back to LSU. Uh, <laughs> but I think LSU was set up to become one of those new bloods, and I think they just rose and fell far too fast. And I think that they're dropping back out of that area. We'll see what Brian Kelly's weird ass is going to do with them. But <laughs> as of now, I'd say no to new blood and blue blood. Hey, Brian Kelly's no. videography is great, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stop. So they've claimed four championships. 16 conference championships and two Heisman winners. They are 12th in wins all time. Is this just an SEC list? <laughs> Isn't that what be. it's looking like? like it, it appears he, to be. Is this just like on Again, ESP, we've done Bama, SEC, Georgia, LSU, LSU, right? And Auburn. <laughs> yeah. Bama, Auburn, Georgia, LSU. I swear to God, if you give me another No, SEC No, team. that's that's actually the last. <laughs> I was going to jump over this table. Uh, Michigan. Yes. I yeah. think they yes. are yeah. big time. They big are time. definition. So here's the thing. They 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 are and Connor's like I Most can wins see of him, all times. I right? can see him about to say they don't have enough championships, which I definitely agree. They don't have any. I'm not I'm not counting 97 like that. I think but. historically <laughs> Michigan is a powerhouse and I I don't think it's fair for me to say they're not a blue blood, but I think with their, I, I think it rests mostly on their past, much like oh yeah, and another team we're going to talk about in a few minutes, I'm sure. But I, I think it rests mostly on that. And while Michigan is still, I again, I think we go back and compare them to like the Pelini era, like Harbaugh has averaging, you know, a nine win season. He gets a couple tens in there, but n- yeah. never any great success. So right. that's what that's what really had me conflicted. But I guess ultimately, yes, I would call Michigan a blue blood. You have to. I mean, they have. Obviously, the most wins all time. They claim 11 championships, 43 conference championships. Yeah, I know. They're a definition of a blue blood. They they are. Three Heisman winners. Like, they they need more, like, legit championships and not, like, Mickey Mouse ones. But, yeah, when you think of blue bloods, they come up. Big Um, time. Notre Dame. Yes. Yes. They're just a, a school that, when you think of college football, they just pop yeah. in your mind right away. They the just whining do. Irish, yes. yes. They are a blue blood program. Okay. Shout out Lou Holtz. Yeah. Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz. Shout out. <laughs> my, mic, my microphone's going to go out if I had to talk like that the entire time. <laughs> hey, we're li- the Ty Willingham and Charlie Weiss erasure is sickening with you guys. <laughs> Ohio State, Obviously. M- moving on. Yeah. Oklahoma, Obviously, moving on. Yeah. Okay, here's one. Penn State. Yes. No. Nope. I don't no. think they are. Yes. Okay, Mike. Well, okay, you said yes, like, right away. All-time wins. State your case. All-time wins. What about all-time wins? They or, have the all-time wins? Yeah, what are their all-time wins? Where oh. do they rank? Okay, hold on. Did, they just, did you already look this over? No, I just, I have a feeling that they're... They are seventh all-time in wins. Yes. They have two championships claimed. And one of them was in 82 when Nebraska kind of got 
hosed a little bit, but that's fine. So, so Penn State is like the, the granddaddy of arguments of they've had one coach, and that was, of, of course, Joe Pa. And so a lot of people would argue, hey, you need to show over multiple coaches, over multiple decades, no matter who's in charge, that you are a program worth calling a blue blood. And I think a lot of people would say Penn State doesn't have that. They have Joe Pa. And then, that's it, though. I disagree because okay. they they went through one of the biggest scandals, if not the biggest scandal in sports history, right? Sure. And then they get taken over by Bill O'Brien, and he takes over, has a winning program. Then he leaves, goes to the NFL, yeah. and then they take over with James Franklin, and they're still dominating. Well, I'm not. They're not winning championships, but they are see, still consistent, but, and they're winning tons of games. Okay, but you you brought up it immediately gets taken over by Bill O'Brien. Is Bill O'Brien a good coach? Yes. No. At Penn State, what what he got dealt with the scholarship limits and everything and all the shitstorm that he took over, you could say that's probably one of the best coaching jobs of all time, in my opinion. But the reputation of the program, because it had come out of success from Joe Pa, already had a huge advantage. No. That that program got slandered so hard and and had so many sanctions and everything going against them. And what Bill O'Brien did, like... I would kill to have Bill O'Brien as my head coach. Honestly, I, I'm I'm not I'm, joking. Go look at his record compared to Scott Frost. So Bill O'Brien is a hell of a coach. Okay, so would I you, don't want I don't want to make this a Bill O'Brien because you know with the Texans and yeah, all, like, I, there was a yeah, whole thing that's, there. That's like in my opinion, there's a lot of recency bias towards Bill O'Brien. But in right. in college football, he had nothing but success at Penn State. I think the thing that we just proved more than anything is that Penn State is a hot button. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I say, I personally say, no, they're right on the outside. They're like literally like a nail. I don't even know what the saying is, but Kansas. No. No. <laughs> no. Hold on. I'm sorry. This, we're still on Penn State here. Kansas has more conference championships than Penn State does. Now, you could say, you know, they're in a conference with Michigan and Ohio State, and that's not fair. This is a blue blood discussion. This is supposed to be. Tippy top, you know, no effing around. Like these are the freaking dudes here. So if you're Penn State, you got to have more than four, I think. And they have, they've had one Heisman winner. I don't know. They, All time they, wins. They racked up wins. They All time wins. wins. That's 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 the only that, that's the only thing that pushes me away because okay. they consistently, no matter who the head coach has been since Joe Pa, have been a top tier team. I'm not saying okay. they are. They're not Alabama, but they've always not. been consistent eight to 10 wins every right. year. Can't argue that Joe Pa was an excellent head coach. Bill O'Brien's pretty good too. Texas. I would say yes. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, horns down. Yep. And you would think with a, a program like that, and we are all doing that video, no video. I don't know, but we're still doing it. Uh, you would think a program like Texas would have more than four claimed championships, but they have four 30 conference championships. They are sixth all time and wins. Two Heisman winners. Um, yeah, I, I would say yes. That's another just another program that you think of when talking about college football. USC, absolutely. Yeah, USC, USC. Again, I well, Thunder, I would say yes. Thunder personally. and Lightning years were just incredible. They've claimed eleven national championships. Yes, they have thirty-seven conference championships, which is fifth. They are tenth all-time in wins. They have six Heisman winners, and they had OJ Simpson. 
That makes him blue blood Kirk right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> well, there certainly was some blood with him. Well, yeah, he, it makes him cold-blooded. That's what makes him. <laughs> so that's his list. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven schools on his blue blood list with one notable I exception. Don't, I don't know how you miss it. Guys, is Nebraska oh, a I, blue blood program? I thought you were going to say Iowa. Yes. <laughs> okay. Are they a blue blood? I'll laugh my ass off. Yeah. <laughs> Is Nebraska a blue blood program now? Yes. Okay. I obviously, with, you know, recent stumbles, I still put Nebraska in all time. My top, it would have been top three. I'm going to call it top five programs all time right now. See, and okay, I've gone on record on here and I've said, you know, with the Oklahoma fiasco trying to get out of that game, I thought that was a huge black mark against them. Sure. And because they were running from, a team and you don't do that if you're a blue blood, right? Our expectations have never been lower as a blue blood program. And with those, just those things in mind, I have stated that they're not, but I feel like if you, and I've said this also, if you are the most winningest program over the course of 40 years, which they were, I think that gains you enough clout right there that you are considered a blue blood. However, Mike, and I know you're itching to speak. I mm. see you. He's literally itching himself right now. <laughs> they are just above Penn State where they are a blue blood. But dude, you got you got to start winning. You got to start winning again. The last time that they've won anything of substance was 99. You got to win. You got to win more. You got to win something of substance. Okay. Go, Mike. No. Jerry. Do it. I said they are. I, I'm saying they are. Thank God you said but they, they are. But they are. They're like Penn State isn't by a nail, and Nebraska is by a nail. Come on now. Go. This is back to my analogy that I use all the time. It's like, okay, you look at a picture, right? Do you just look at like the bottom right corner that might have a little smudge in it? Or do you look at the whole thing? Like when you're looking at something, you don't just look and find the smallest detail. And you're like, oh, but it's not. It's, it's not shitty because the one it's not little, a small detail anymore. It's yeah, it, it's it, not. It's small. growing. The, it used to be the, ten the, years ago. It used to be small, but yeah. now it's it's growing. We, like ten percent of the picture is the smudge now. No, right? it's we, not ten percent of the picture. Okay, sorry. It's been. Here's my thing. Oh, sorry. Eighth in all time wins. Yeah. Second in conference championships. It's nice. Tenth all time winning percentage. Pretty good. Three Heisman winners. Yeah. Five national titles. And you're telling me. Okay, now now borderline. Here's, no, 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 stop. Get the stop. fuck out of here. No, hold on. So, five national championships. Like you know, USC has eleven. And the thing that I will give Nebraska credit for is that they've won all those since 1970. So that gives them more. They're in the modern more era. credence, right? They're in the modern era. So, yes, I definitely agree with the championships. But the last time you've won anything of substance was '99, and people's and. Andy Staples, this guy, I don't know if you want to say he did it all for clicks, but he left them off for a reason. It's not like he doesn't have any reason to leave them off. There is a reason he left them off. Well, because of this right here, what we're doing right now. Because he knows the number one Twitter users ooh. in all of college sports is Nebraska. Yeah. And, and if you leave do? Nebraska off a blue blood list, yeah. you're going to get the backlash that you want and the clicks that you want. He mm -hmm. left them off for that reason and that reason only. When you put fucking Auburn over Nebraska? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Woo! Did any of us even consider Auburn? Not even a chance. Like, that would never... Come on. 
Like if they, you they had, had Bo Jackson, cool. That was this a long is time ago. The most heated I've ever Can't been <laughs> in the, since the day that we started this fucking podcast. And you knew, and you wonder why I wanted to talk about this. Thank you, but gosh, if you had me name my top thirty, well, not the top thirty are blue bloods, but if you had me name my top thirty teams all time, I don't even know that Auburn crosses in. Like, yeah, I, it's insane. I, I Auburn know. is, you know, a, a solid team, and you know, maybe top thirty is a little bit uh, egregious and a little bit mean, but. To to leave Auburn on and Nebraska off is just yeah stupid. One notable team that he did leave off, mm. and I will speak for, is Tennessee. Okay, Ugh, going back to I am not a Tennessee blue blood. I'm not. I'm not saying Tennessee is, right. but also more qualified than fucking Auburn. Go on. Why, Why is mean? Auburn number two on your fucking list? Like <laughs> number two. Well, I think it. No, it was Alabama. Okay. 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 That, that helps me a little bit, but not okay. even a little bit at all. I felt my blood pressure rising, realizing they were number two. <laughs> I was so upset for a second. Here's my thing. Tennessee. Yeah. Ninth all time in wins. It's pretty good. I mean, they're pretty freaking good. It's pretty good. And they've, they've claimed six. Championships. Eleventh all time in record. Yeah. They have six national titles. They're thirty second. They have sixteen conference championships. Yeah. And the GOAT Fifth in bowl there. games. Ninth all time in wins. Come on now. Right. Like and no, I'm not even saying they should be a blue blood, but you're gonna have Auburn in over Nebraska and Tennessee. Yeah. Get that's out a, of here. That's a little odd. So now that we've established we're we all are in agreement that Nebraska was snubbed from this list, and it's probably because they love the clicks. So Fuck Andy, uh, what's his name? Andy Staples. My stapler. Yeah, fuck stapler. stapler. All right, Andy Stapler. Go. Uh, stapler. Yeah, go, <laughs> go, go shove it, Andy Stapler. <laughs> anyway, so let's let's transition to a sport that we know for a fact we are not a blue blood. <laughs> Actually, probably the farthest thing from it. Uh, power five, the worst power five hell, basketball school of all time. Hell of a transition. At least we're number one in something. Yes. Right. Second. We are number one. At the bottom. <laughs> so let's shift to Nebraska basketball really quick. Fred Hoiberg was forced to make some changes on his staff. Uh, it was announced that he was going to keep Armand Gates on the staff, which right. I think is a great choice. He's got a good relationship with a lot of those guys. Derek Walker announced that he is coming back. And I think that uh, Trey McGowan's hopefully will do the same. He's got a good relationship with Armand Gates as well. But it was announced today that Nebraska has hired South Alabama's Adam Howard as an assistant coach. Who? Yeah. So everybody's going to say who. Throw us some stats, well, Mike. Honestly, uh, if, he, if he hired anybody, we wouldn't know who the guy was. I mean, honestly, there's so many schools in basketball, it's very hard to keep track of who's where and who's what. But we'll dive into him a little bit. Like I said, Adam Howard, uh, his coaching experience Started his career at Moorhead State, went to Southern Miss, then he was assistant at Tennessee, Troy, and then became the associate head coach at South Alabama. He is known for his pressure zone defensive schemes. South Alabama was ranked 34th nationally in scoring defense, 25th in block shots, and 45th in turnovers forced this season. If you watched Nebraska ball play last season, <laughs> those numbers I'm should sorry. raise some eyebrows because we could use some help. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's so nice of you, Mike. Thank you. You they said could, that so nice. They could, they could use some assistance with now, winning games. And that starts in the transfer portal. Hopefully, Fred Hoiberg and our NIL handlers can get some talent here in Lincoln because all of our top recruits have said that they are staying with their commitments to Nebraska, which is a big thing. Yeah. But we need more. So I think Fred 
he's a good coach. I really do believe that he is a good coach. But I think some of his fast-paced bullshit that worked in the Big 12 does not work in a physical league like the Big 10. So, look, you look at St. Peter's and how far they got. Yeah. They did that by running the clock. Milking the clock yes. all the way freaking down. Slow offense. Slow offense, which is something that I know we don't talk about bo- basketball a whole lot on this podcast, but like off air, we talk about it all the time. It's like y'all are like rushing down the lane. 21 seconds on the shot 21 clock. 21 seconds left still on the right. shot clock. It's like, dude, you got to get something going. Like, Yeah, and with Hoiberg's teams, right? You want him to recruit his guys so they can run his offense the way he wants to do it. He obviously didn't have those pieces last year. Maybe he thought he did, but he didn't. And he never, I mean, he never adjusted or whatever. So it's like going forward, you know, if he, if he gets his guys, fine. You know what? Run your offense. Do what you do best. But if you don't, just be willing to adjust and not be bullheaded and say, I'm going to do it my way. Damn it. I, I said this a lot in Fred Hoiberg's first season that there was a lot of times where there was a huge like talent deficit between us and the team across from us. But I could always see that uh, Coach Hoiberg had like a coaching advantage from the guy across from him. I don't see that anymore. Like I feel like he's trying to shove a round peg in a square hole. Like he's trying to run his system with guys that just cannot execute, and he is too hard headed to adapt to what he has. And I think he did that pretty well, even though we didn't have a lot of success in his first year. But just me being a season ticket holder and going to those games, like I would see it and I'd be like, okay, like I see what he's trying to do. The shots are there, they're just not falling. Right. But now I feel like he's forcing his offense and. I there is still a talent deficit between us and a lot of those teams in the Big Ten, but hopefully he gets the right guys around him, and hopefully he brings in a couple transfers. Yeah, I personally echo your sentiments as I think everybody here does. We want to remind you to please follow us on Twitter at NBNR Podcast. We also have a website NBNRPodcast.com. We got merch there. We got past episodes. We are also doing a hat giveaway. So if you are listening to this and you haven't seen on social media, we are giving away some of our old branded NBNR hats uh, because we have officially dropped our new logo. All of our new merch will have our new logo on it. So all you got to do is follow NBNR podcast on any of our social media platforms, tag a friend and like our posts. Correct me if I'm wrong. Those old logo hats are going to be collector's items soon. Oh, 100%. Yeah, get them while you can. Yeah, absolutely. There is three hats left, and we're going to give them all away. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even going to have one for myself. Let me put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and like I we pointed out earlier in the episode, go follow WTL Podcast. That is Where's the Line? On Twitter, you can find them at podcast underscore WTL. You can find them there. Guys, what do you say we sign off? I'm one of your hosts, Jared Hall, Mike Delaware, Kyle Byers, and Connor Cadillac. And as always, GBR.